0: Greetings S.E. Land, this is Twig, Anthony Twig Wheeler. Here we are with another episode of Twig's S.E. Reflections. This is a podcast series, a kind of project, a gift. Listeners out there can have some thoughts, encouragement in their practice, study, application of somatic experiencing and the work of Peter Levine, the new traumatology the somatic healing arts, folks interested in the polyvagal theory and psychobiological tendencies in their clients and their own organisms and how it is we can learn how to see and register and respect these various different rules of biology, how we can talk to each other a little bit more effectively to help our clients, particularly in our professional role, to help our clients feel a little bit better that much faster because we're actually working with our nature as compared to against it. Yes, that's what we're chatting up today. SE Reflections from Twig. This is episode number 76. Episode 76, and it's got a theme. It's a very direct theme. The theme is on preparing the advocate or being the advocate. But I'll, I'll call it preparing the advocate. Because sometimes as practitioners, what we end up doing is we help to kind of help a client to recognize that they can be, or probably for most of our clients, they need to have at some point in the future coming up probably. You'll get you'll get my point here. Um, they'll they'll need an advocate. Maybe they're going to maybe they're going to go into a surgery or a medical procedure. Maybe we have a client who's headed into a lawsuit, a divorce, a um, domestic violence case, you know, some kind of court setting. Maybe, Maybe they're taking an airplane trip and that is not easy to do. Maybe it's that, you know, there's a separation going on in the family. Maybe there's an intervention coming up in the family. There's lots of different places where our clients who, you know, by degree, by degree, things are somehow, they're they're coming to us for some reason, you know, they're not just like in the mastery of their own lives, and I don't need to go spend my time doing therapy. Of course, everybody, everybody, all of us can use therapy all the time, but, you know, most people who are going to spend their time, their money, their attention coming to see us, they've got They've got something that is in the way of the rest of their day, feeling the ease and and fulfillment that they're after. That's mostly, I think, why people come to us every once in a while. And it's nice. It's truly nice when you meet somebody who's looking for enlightenment and they, they think that you're part of the help and the path for that. And that's that's cool if we get to be a part of that, particularly with this kind of embodiment-oriented work, because that, that's lovely. But mostly, mostly, you know, people are looking for symptom relief, and so they're stressed already. That's it. They're stressed already. There's some kind of stressor going on. They're not exactly in their mastery, and their resiliency feels challenged, yeah? And they're coming to us to help improve that. And now they're going to go into in our theme today. They're going to go into a known to be stressful situation. They're giving birth. They're, you know, um, going to school. They're proctoring for a test, or you know, receiving a test. That these are now taking a test. These are things that are inherently stressful. They're known to be stressful. They raise people's stress response as it is. And if we're supporting a client into one of these kinds of things, we can recognize that they might already be challenged. You know, we might very well be working with helping our best we can. Somebody who is the true victim of a perpetration that has put them totally Totally, you know, I mean, just like, it's bad. It's bad what people, what happens to people. And here they have to go to court in order to defend themselves and maybe kind of try to affect some kind of justice. Hard, hard, hard environment. Those those places are known to be stressful as they are. You're on the defensive, even though you're, oh, it's just a, it's just, it's just hell. You know, let's be honest. It's just hell in that time it's really good if people don't try to do it alone even if they're even if they're in their mastery it's good if you don't try to do stressful encounters alone you know there's there's all kinds of evidence about say going in for surgery and the difference between going in for surgery by yourself going in to see the doctor go in for the procedure with somebody that you know and they're holding your hand while you go in and while you wait as compared to you holding the hand of somebody who you don't know as compared to you sitting there by yourself and the the difference in physiological response and heart rate all of that has been totally proven out you want to be holding somebody's hand Even if it's a stranger, you want to be holding a stranger's hand. And if it's somebody that you know, you're just that much better off. And here you are in an inherently stressful situation and you're perhaps in an an inherently stressful kind of self-organization at this time of your life and you're going into this, it's a double whammy. You want to have help. You want to have an advocate. You want to have somebody who is there with the purpose. I mean, this is kind of one way that I read it. You want to have somebody who's there not to, um, not to, not to be your lawyer in court, not to be your doctor or your nurse in the hospital setting, not to be the arbiter inside of the conversation with your parents. You want an advocate who I mean, this is kind of one way to think about it. I'm going to encourage us as SE practitioners to think about this person, this, this character out there called an advocate who is there to advocate for your well-being and to soften the relationship between your own autonomic state, your nervous system state in that kind of sense of, this is distressing and the environment is distressing and to buffer all of that in relationship to the fact that the environment is distressing. And so this, this kind of mythic figure, this advocate could be somebody who, you know, they buffer the environment and they soften the experience generally, you know, kind of as best they can. They provide a more neutral attention than, the rest of the environment is going to provide during the event. They also, um, they, can, they can offer appropriate distraction at times and s- pacing and space from the event, whatever it might be, kind okay, of go over what these might look like. They also, they translate the demands of the situation so they can, by holding this more neutral perspective about Buffering the relationship between you know, the person they're advocating for their well-being and the situation The advocate can kind of look and say like we don't have to worry about that right now or we don't have to Have engagement with this part of it right now or we're passing time right now so we can do something else Like so the you know, they they might translate the demands of the situation and they also provide a, a kind of certain Island of safety, a certain place for the client or the kind of person going through this kind of thing, um, this stressful encounter. It gives them uh, the advocate kind of gives this place for them to orient to as a known entity for safety. And another thing the advocate can do too is provide periodic and you know hopefully informed somatic cues or somatic signals like ways to maybe process or use some of the stress energy that's naturally developed inside of a stressful encounter you know so um yeah you know what what would all those look like well that that last one right like you could the advocate say sitting in the in the dock next to their client or as close as they could be. Yeah, it could be, it could be, you could be, okay. So there's proximity here. Whoa. there's so many things twig. There's so many things. Guys, this advocacy thing makes a huge difference. I already said that the difference between having somebody alongside of you, who you know, like, and trust, who your own organism resonates with huge inside of a stressful encounter imperative the advocate going into this is looking at all kinds of ways to somehow separate themselves from the immediacy of the danger the environment the context the process at hand the reactions and feeling states of the client or the person that they're caring for advocating for you know, the, the advocate in this way is not in there to make everything different and make everything better. The environment in a court proceeding is pretty much set and go in fighting it. Whoa, you, you're just making it more stressful. The advocate is actually coming in and trying to say, how can I make this known stressor less stressful? How can I come in here and provide more signal of safety For my person. You know maybe that's for other people too. But that's not my big point. My big point is to try to make it safer for my person. So that inside of the recovery room at the hospital. When the doctor comes in and barges in at 2 a.m. in the morning. And turns on the light. And you know you want to change this doctor. You want to make him soften up. You want to get in there and tell him that he just has to like come in quieter at that time of night that flipping on the light is is actually really disturbing and that the the rush feels like an assault to the person in the bed all you want to you want to change this man and you can't you don't you're not going to and it's the wrong time to increase that stress in fact what's the right time to do is to help your client know that as bad as this is your client your friend your Person that you're advocating for as bad as this is we're going to soften this as much as we can so that you know while they're laying in their hospital bed they can look over at you as the advocate and the advocate can be like yeah I know this is really hard this is really bad this is really gruesome and just that extra signal of appreciation of the situation can help the person in the bed know that okay I'm not alone here and that just increases the safety just a tiny little bit there could be other times when you actually, as the advocate, you get to say, hey, whoa, doc, can you tell me that out in the hall? And, and we'll just let so-and-so sleep here for a moment. There are all kinds of ways that you might move in here to soften things. I was about to get into all the particulars, and then I wanted to come out, which I've almost done here, and say, Wow, it's such an interesting role because, you know, yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to get to say what, what I want to say there. It's such an interesting role. You so rarely see it and we so rarely have it. As practitioners, you're going to have the opportunity to do this for people. And sometimes you're going to have the opportunity to coach or to suggest that your clients cultivate or develop this kind of person a brother a sister a friend a family member a parent a stranger a clinician a um, you know there are official advocates in certain social services the uh, few of us know what to do if we're in the advocate role in This sense of what we're trying to do is advocate for the well-being of our client, of our friend, of our person inside of a stressful encounter. And sometimes that means that we get to push against the environment or do something to the environment to get it to change, something against the context to get it to improve and become less stressful. A lot of times for our clientele, People who have a certain degree of distress, if not just fully like here we are in the trauma work, trauma fields, people who are truly living with PTSD and such and going into stressful situations, only intensifies the triggers that are already happening on a daily basis. So that here we have a true demand to do as well as we can getting through this stressor, be able to think as well as we can getting through this court case Soften the anxiety as well as we can going on this flight or some such like this. And we know this is going to be stressful. Both internal cues are there available for this person to already feel distressed. The situation is already making them think regularly, all kinds of red trauma vortex, negative thoughts. The environment already is, for people in general, stressful. Am I, am I pulling it together yet? This is a vital role that doesn't yet exist very strongly yet, isn't got a lot of tradition behind it. You are probably intuitively doing it, if not already professionally doing it, sometimes for a friend or two as they're going through a surgical event or some such. Many of your clients actually have somebody in their life who is somehow more neutral that person's a good advocate for them you know it's it's a funny thing you don't always want your closest person to be your advocate and you don't always want somebody who's emotionally involved in the situation to be your advocate even though they might really want to be the one who helps but If you're the advocate and you can't take that distance that gives you a certain sense of appreciation that your role is to buffer and quiet the noise of the context and the internalized distress of your person as compared to try to struggle and fight with and be involved and sympathetic with the situation, which is a totally understandable thing if you're too close to it. So a lot of times you need a certain neutrality to be able to remark, you know what? These are really true, honest feelings and this is not the time for us to process too many of them. So while we've got this 10 minutes out here in the hallway, let's just talk about how ugly this carpet is. There would be times when you're going to redirect attention as the advocate, when there's enough space to do it. And if you can't have a certain Neutrality to the situation, you might in fact sin- spend that 10 minutes reinforcing the distress by talking about all the details of the last little scene leading up to the next scene. And that's actually something that we will know as practitioners needs to happen is that inside of these stress events, people's attention to the experience of the stress needs to be modulated needs to have some rhythm, needs to have some pause rather than a continuous stream hour after hour after hour of some feeling like something bad is happening. We know that we need to insert some orientation. We need to pull back the stress response. We need to take pauses, especially when the attack isn't actually happening consistently, but we're the ones helping to maintain the distress by even using space in between to reinforce our attention on it. So an advocate being able to have that space can see these pauses or places where they can soften the relationship to the stressor and advocate for our person's well-being that we're going to kind of like, whoa, okay, let's Let's pay attention to this. Let's do a little bit of that. Okay, and so then there's these little do this or do that. I'm apparently not going to get exhaustive about all the things that we can do as advocates, but as somatic practitioners, we can know that there are ways that we can help people who are actively experiencing elements of the stress response to utilize and, you know, kind of like... Do something with the energy of response rather in the physiology you know kind of inherent with it instead of sitting there rumbling inside with all kinds of feeling of something that wants to happen like I want to get up out of here and run out of here I want to get up and scream I want to crawl underneath the 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 bed here and disappear there are all these kinds of responses and we we sit there and have to fulfill our role inside of these situations at the dinner table and the courtroom you know we we have to kind of like still be there even though our physiology oftentimes when we're in that distress is saying run away or scream or throw something or you know f- you know jump across the room and attack him or whatever there's all kinds of impulse and if we have to sit there and just hold it in by ourselves. Oh my goodness. Yucky. Totally so yucky. I mean, how how un unintrinsic, <laughs> you know, it's like you want to just like scream and you can't. So advocates, particularly those who have a little bit of somatic information, can say, Wow, you know, we should do something with some of that energy we should make use of it somehow even if it's just while we're sitting here we should we should help our our physiology our biology to kind of do something with it so it doesn't just run us wild the whole time so you know you might you might help you know you well holding hands holding hands when going into a medical procedure as as much time as you can holding hands with somebody it's it's just a basic biological fact, it makes your heart go a lot slower. You feel a lot calmer. And when you're going into a stressful event, the calmer you feel, the easier it is to come out of that stressful event. It only makes sense. Don't go to the hospital by yourself. Take somebody with you who you can hold in their hand. Simple. And then, you, you know, you just, you work your way through other kinds of things like it's frustrating it's upsetting something to squeeze a hand to squeeze you know to like a forearm to like squeeze a hold of to have a little contact but be able to like just use a little bit of this aggression to squeeze something or even to squeeze something so as to avoid dropping off into dissociation so that the advocate might see That their person is kind of starting to disappear and this might not be the time to just disappear so the advocate given enough handhold or enough proximity for handholding might squeeze in order to stimulate their person to be able to squeeze back so as to like kind of stay here a little bit more yeah you don't have enough proximity maybe there's a proxy for squeezing it can be as simple as in a pinch the advocate pulls off their socks, rolls it into a ball, and now your person has something to squeeze in their pocket. Could be more advanced, could be a sorbethane ball or a, a, a kind of a squeeze ball kind of thing. Could be any number of m- material goods, you know, it could be whatever, but it could be the encouragement. You know, the advocates across the room can't be in proximity to squeeze, but they can simply gently lift their hand into view and give a little squeeze with their hand in view as a primer suggestion to say don't forget to squeeze in order to use a little bit of this energy so it doesn't just drive you crazy and cause you to dissociate yeah you know so out in the hallways of things sometimes um you can give push hands you can you know lean against the wall and push against the wall encouraging your person to like be able to do that same kind of physical motion you can stretch together you can massage as an advocate with a little bit of like okay you know you can put your feet on the feet of the other and kind of ground together you know you you do it too much Oh, it's just a burden you're just adding more stress you do it at the like okay we're gonna take a pause here and we're going to do something else with this energy or even while we're talking about this we're also going to be pushing against this wall here you just get to use some of that and it's all you know it's like i'm sure i'm sure there's a process of getting good at this and there's a process of you know being a little um herky-jerky or overbearing or um missing the opportunities, being too soft. So, you know, maybe this is something that we're all going to cultivate more and more. I know that I I used to not be very good at it. Um, For sure, I guess. And you can get good at this. Even, Even lay people can get good at this. Even people who haven't done a whole bunch of sensitive touch training and everything. We can get good at just knowing hey my task here isn't to make all of this fixed my task is to just pull back some of the stress response a little bit so that as we go through this already negative experience cannot be as negative and we can have an easier time getting out of it toward the end yeah you can you can just see if you go back through that little list i said you can advocates can buffer the environment They can soften the experience. They can provide a more neutral form of attention. Maybe reorientation periodically. They can offer appropriately timed distractions. Can translate the demands of the situation. Provide um, kind of an island of safety. Also somatic responses and cues and kind of opportunities to use some energy or um, kind of get more physiological calming down more eye contact more ventral vagal contact you could voo in the hallway together this list goes on and on and and I guess I wanted to say you know this is something I talk about in a primer that I created years back for when people are going into surgery. And I I did some surgery early on in my SE career and paid a lot of attention to that. Got a lot of good ideas from folks like Stephen Hoskinson and Peter Levine. Put it into a primer, put that together and put it out. I think it needs to be improved and so I've been working on that. And a big part of that is just this role of the advocate. So here I needed to do a little episode talking about this and I'll continue to work on those other things and come around and share it sometime On the way there, I'll wrap up this rather rambly, reflective process on the role of the advocate by saying, you know, you you want this person in your life too. Why not? You know, uh, sometimes when I'm down in Los Angeles, I just, I sit next to my friend Victoria, we just sit on the couch and we both do things that we don't want to do together. I mean, we want to do these things together, but we don't want to do them by ourselves. So we have some paperwork, something that kind of stresses us out. And so we just sit there next to each other and do our own version of the thing that we're having a hard time doing by ourselves. At that moment, we've got like an advocate. You know, if I, if I kind of lose it, I just pause and she's right there just to squeeze my hand. And same goes, it, you know, she, she gets a little frustrated and, and I just kind of, I can close my computer and and she can close hers and we can just kind of hang out until that passes. It's like having an advocate inside of something that you know is stressful. So you we, we want this too, and I'm sure you already have it in some places, but let's, let's go ahead and cultivate it, huh? I'd, I'd recommend that. Let's prepare some advocacy for our lives so we can keep our well-being. Yes, indeed. Okay, then. Take care. Bye-bye, then. Get up! Get up! Get up! Get up! Get up! Get up! Here's a tracking twig moment. I mentioned my primer for preparing for surgery, helping clients prepare for surgery, helping ourselves actually prepare for surgery. I will, I am, working on a re-release of that, an updated version. I think it'll hold up better. The original one still holds up pretty well. It's available on the show notes page for this episode, episode 76, Twig's Essie Reflections. If you go to liberationispossible.org backslash reflections, and you look in the archive for episode 76, Preparing the Advocates, or something like that, Advocates, then uh, then you'll see the surgery primer and you can download it there and that'll put you on a list to be updated, informed when the new version comes out. Okay, that's that.